Welcome to the Anti-Gamers Podcast. This is episode number 93. I'm your host, Evan Minto, and with me, as always, straight out of New York, baby, it's David Estrella. What? New York? I thought I was from Neo-Yokio. I'm a Neo-Yokian, baby. Oh, crap. Yeah, well, that was the idea. That's what I was going for there. We are going to be talking this episode about an anime or a TV show, a, a TV show animation. We'll, we'll get into whether or not it's an anime <laughs> in a little bit. <laughs> We're going to get into the nature of what is anime. That's right. That's right. And it's about uh, future New York. So, of course, David, having more direct experience than me with New York, uh, now that I've been living out in San Francisco, David can provide us the real New York. You're, you're New York adjacent. I, yeah, I grew or up New was. York adjacent. Yeah. But we also have a guest here with us this episode to talk about Neo Yokio. Our buddy Ricky Sherman. Welcome to the show, Ricky. So it's okay. So yeah, we we got Ricky here to talk about Neo Yokio. Uh, it's it's quite a quite a show. We'll get into that in a little bit. It's been a little bit since we recorded. Did a little bit of stuff in between. I went to Genericon about a week and a half ago. Yeah, tell me, tell me all about it. Yeah, David, you didn't uh, make it. You didn't make it up to Genericon this year. You, this is your first time missing it in yeah. what? Shoutouts to Amtrak. <laughs> yeah, shoutouts to just the wonderful... Uh, what, do you, like, missed your Amtrak or the Amtrak was delayed or something? I don't even know. It was a whole combination of factors. In the end, I just ended up missing that train. Oh, so sad. Yeah, I wanted, I wanted to get on the next train, but then, like, the next train would have gotten me uh, over there at, like, 9 at night. Yeah. Even if David had shown up at nine at night, he would have missed, would have missed by everything. that point, basically everything. Everything. Uh, he missed the trigger panel, studio trigger. Folks came out to Genericon again this year. It was Kazuya Masumoto and uh, Masahiko Otsuka, who are co-founders of the studio. And both of them are, both of them have worked as producers. Otsuka has also worked as like a, a director and writer a lot. And it was actually an interesting thing that came out of it. I, t- I tweeted about it. I had a whole thread from their panel. Is that like Otsuka is the president of the studio doing management stuff, but he kind of wants to go back to being a creative. He like he straight up said that. And um, we got a lot of like real shit out of the panel because it was the co-founders and like the president. And so basically it was the only time I've ever seen Tatoon uh, who was on this <laughs> show before, the PR guy from Trigger, say at a, a Trigger panel like, Everything is fine. You can take pictures. You can take video. You can tweet about it. You can. <laughs> it's just there were no restrictions. <laughs> no rules. Because the boss is there. Yeah, no rules. That's super generous. Yeah. And also Takafumi Hori, who's an animator, a really awesome, like, he worked a lot on Little Witch. He's a super talented animator. And, uh, yeah, I mean, a lot. There was There was a live drawing that they did. There was a, they did like an autograph session. They also did this, uh, this is a, I, it's worth talking about this a little bit before we, we get into everything. Cause this is a kind of interesting story. We originally were going to have Masumoto do a, um, like a lecture in a classroom. There was, you know, uh, we actually, I, I kind of like hooked up with our, uh, our old animation professor at the school, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute. And we kind of got this set up where he was going to go give a lecture in this classroom and then uh, the remarkable thing that happened at Genericon this year, which you, I'm sure, heard about, David, is it. even though it snows all the time in, in Troy, New York, where the convention is held, this year it snowed so much that Friday the entire campus was closed. It's a, it's a college convention, which meant that the convention was closed as well as the class 
that we were supposed to give the lecture in was also owned. closed. It was uh, was canceled. So yeah. owned this. Yeah, completely owned. It, it's the first time that anybody on Genericon staff could think of in the history of the convention that a day of the con was canceled due to snow. So that also meant that Masamoto, who flew across like around the world to give this lecture, <laughs> the lecture was canceled. <laughs> So we rescheduled it to Saturday, like very last minute. We like put it in a panel room at the convention and set up some partnership thing with the the arts department and stuff, which is pretty cool. It worked out. A bunch of students showed up. And that thing, I actually got video of it that I'm, I got to work on talking to people at the school and, and Masamoto about to see if I can get it released online. It's a pretty crappy video, but it's a like about an hour and a half long lecture about the anime industry from a kind of from a standpoint of someone educating future people working in the industry rather than educating like anime fans uh even though anime fans showed up to it and had all sorts of stupid anime fan questions <laughs> but it was it's very much about like the business side and goes into detail about all the steps of the production process it was it was really really interesting um yeah, and, uh, a couple, there's a, a couple really of good... those pictures on the on those diagrams was uh breathtaking oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> just the level of involvement like wow that's a, right. that's a well, lot of people doing one thing and also a lot of very kind of funny you know you you'd never get this at at anime con panels because they're you know even from japanese staff because they're usually doing promotion stuff right they're usually it's all like pr but it's also a lot of kind of corporate powerpoint type stuff which is funny I've, I've seen a handful of those through working at Crunchyroll. We had a presentation, a similar presentation given by somebody from, well, by the, the president of uh, Genko, which is a anime production company they, they produced uh, in this corner of the world. So we had somebody from there come in and give a presentation at Crunchyroll that was similar, that was all just like corporate PowerPoint stuff. It was like, here's a, you know, a PowerPoint rounded box with loop on the third in it with like a an arrow pointing to uh you know a, a box that says synergy or something right like nice <laughs> yeah but there's some good I'll, I'll link to the the twitter thread in the show notes for that because there was a, a thread from somebody else who was at the panel who took a bunch of a uh, bunch of photos of it so that's also a it's a good cliff's notes of it i'd say yeah, so some some very cool stuff came out of Genericon. I saw basically nothing but that because my I was glued to the trigger for most of the convention because I was their guest handler. So I was driving around in the, in the snow, took them to go see Black Panther, which they didn't totally understand because they don't understand a ton of English. <laughs> and you kind of have to uh, like understand a good amount of English to know like why Killmonger is doing stuff in that movie. <laughs> So I barely got to see the con. So I can't really tell you whether Genericon is still a fun convention to attend. I saw no other panels. Yeah. I did some of my own. That's it. Which one did you do? So I did Anime Burger Time, my classic anime hamburger panel, and Animation and Anime, which is which uh, the attendance of, of Hori at the panel, which was awesome, resulted in a little bit of Twitter drama that I won't go into. <laughs> but yeah, I did that one, which is all about animation. And, and it was super cool that that Hori was actually at the panel, you know, and I was able to present about his work at a panel that that he was attending. And I was supposed to give my new CG anime panel. I have like a and I have a CG like CG anime history panel that I've run before. And this is a new one that I was doing about like 
see it's basically just telling people that cg anime is good and they should stop making fun of it because there's actually a lot of good examples of it but that was on friday and so it got canceled <laughs> whoops yep oh man i'm sorry that you weren't able to kind of cape for 3d anime because i think it's i think it's still pretty good cg is good yeah, did you see Land of the Lustrous? No, I haven't. I haven't seen any Ooh. 3D stuff recently, but I'll check it's that good. out, though. Yeah, best best 3D anime, uh, Land of the Lustrous, anything Kamikaze Doga does, and just the fight scenes from Etotama, which is otherwise a shit show. Oh, okay. <laughs> no love for Kimono Friends, Evan? Still? Shut the fuck up! Still? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not we're not here to talk about kimono friends we are we're going not. to talk about a little bit of news i'm just going to run through some stuff see if anybody's got some thoughts on it you hear about the boogie pop anime david i know you're big on boogie pop but that was i guess you're not my a, generation you're not a boogie pop boy i wasn't i wasn't on board when that was going down yeah so there's a new adaptation of the original boogie pop novel boogie pop and others uh, or Boogie Pop Wawawanai, wa, 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 which is doesn't laugh, I think, right? Something like that. Boogie Pop doesn't laugh, but it for some reason got translated as Boogie Pop and others in most versions of it. And Boogie Pop's like a, I guess, I, I feel like it's a product of its times. Like, I don't know if it would, if the original, there's, there's an anime, Boogie Pop Phantom, which is like a prequel, I think, to the original novel. And I feel like it's very much of the you know it came out like i think early 2000s like very much of that that time kind of like a like a serial experiments lane kind of thing very very obtuse psychological horror kind of thing and i was i was a big fan of it because i like lane and i like that kind of that kind of stuff it's all about like urban legends it's about a it's about i don't i barely actually remember all the details (laughs) of it but it's basically about like a kind of shinigami like death god type character who's basically like a superhero but maybe i i i don't remember how much of this is like a spoiler because i think boogie pop phantom kind of doesn't reveal who they are but they're basically like uh they're like possessing a high school student and so there's like a weird kind of dual personality thing and it's not as straightforward as like a shonen action thing would be about that it's a little more serpentine about how it goes about it which i always appreciated so anyway pretty cool to see this coming back and it's it's not a remake of phantom it's it's actually doing like the main novel which there was a live action movie of but no anime version of previously that's pretty cool i'm pretty excited about that it's time to talk about the best anime of 2017 mm-hmm. I, I think we can Oof. all probably agree on that and and that Oof. is uh that this is gonna be hard to follow up with yeah. good job jaden smith we're proud of you man. yeah Really good job, Vampire Weekend. You <sighs> made the Vampire Weekend anime, finally. And Jaden Smith is now so a member <laughs> of Vampire Weekend, as uh, I'm just declaring that. Like, all the, everybody in Neo Yokio, all the actors in it, are now honorary members of Vampire Weekend, according to me. <laughs> so we're going to show up at shows. They're part of the Vampire Weekend cinematic universe. I bet they all have matching chains now. Wait, did Vampire Weekend, do they have chains? They have matching chains? Or did you, is that a new part of the mythos you're coming up with? Yeah, yeah, I was just adding on to the lore. <laughs> okay, okay. No, it's like it's like the half-heart locket, except the heart's been divided up into however many people are on that show. Okay. There's so many pieces of that heart. <laughs> All right, we got to tell people what this uh, stupid-ass <laughs> show is. Neo Yokio is a Netflix original series. Don't get too excited. That- 
premiered on uh, September 22nd, 2017, created by Ezra Koenig, the lead singer of Vampire Weekend, the kind of mediocre indie band that uh, has that song about an Oxford comma. David hates the band. I hate them. <laughs> Dude, I kind of like them. I had a moment in high school where I was like, yeah, this is cool. Like, No, like I, 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 couldn't, know, I couldn't get into it. It was like, I've never been that, just had that like adverse reaction just on like first listen as strongly as I did the first time I listened to them. I mean, I actually had that same initial reaction and then I became obnoxious and I was like, well, they're all right. And I basically ended up where Ricky's at. <laughs> I'm like, That's some, of it, some of it's okay. <laughs> yeah, some of it's like pretty, pretty okay. But yeah, they're, they're like a weird, uh, they're not that weird, I guess, but they're, they're like, I don't know. They remind me a bit of like an MGMT or something where they're they're like quirky. Yeah. MGMT is infinitely more listenable. To me, it sounds like the strokes, but like just mm. without the backbone, I guess. <laughs> and to say that the strokes have a backbone at all is like uh, stretching it. Dude, this is tight. I like the really hard opinions on indie music. Right yeah, now. that's what we're doing. That's why we brought you in here to have opinions <laughs> yeah. on indie music. They're, they're, yeah, they're like a wispy strokes, right? Yeah, right. Like a like a cute and uh, like just cutesy. Actually, they're, they're uh, the word is twee. Yeah, very twee. Yeah, it's right? very twee. You would ha- yeah. you have to be extremely twee to write a song that's like, "Who gives a fuck about an Oxford comma?" I hung out in a cafe or whatever. I don't remember how the song goes. <laughs> wow, do you guys think that Neo Yokio is twee? <laughs> oh, mm. I don't know if Neo oh. Yokio is twee. Ooh, it that's might a be. good question. It could be. Kaz, Kaz has pink Maybe. hair. That feels tweeted. Yeah, he's pink, he has pink hair. You know, he's... He's like a dandy boy, right? He's kind of like like depressed. I think that's like a, a facet of being twee is like being slightly depressed or like being sophisticated but being yeah. depressed. Right, right, right. Yeah, he's it like is, a, it is He's like a super twee. functional depressed person. Yeah. Though. No, he's like ultra functional. It's weird. Yeah. Like consider that he's like on, on a billboard of most eligible bachelors in Neo Yokio. He's like top ranking. But he's got not really crippling depression, but just his outlook on life is yeah. very confused throughout the show. You know who he kind of reminds me of? Uh, Fox McCloud in Melee. Fox <laughs> Shut the fuck up! <laughs> because Why does he remind you of Fox McCloud, Ricky? Because when he's at the top, you know, it's great. But he's like still kind of depressed because he knows like sometimes people are going to be like, oh, that's just number two, actually. And it's always a struggle with that. No one ever really knows. So Archangelo is like Falco. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah. I can't believe this. I can't believe this is real. No, it's true, though. (laughs) But you're right. But you're right. It's 100% true. Wow. He's a lot like Falco, actually, now that I think about it. Wow. We we brought... Yeah, this was intentional. We we brought Ricky on for his his indie music opinions and his uh, ability to tie literally every conversation into Smash Brothers. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Only if I choose to. I can just turn it on at any moment. So anyway, Neo Yokio, created by Ezra Koenig, has actually nothing to do with Vampire Weekend whatsoever, mm. except that it's from the Vampire Weekend guy. And starring Jaden Smith, Will Smith's son, and he, he's not officially part of Weird Twitter, but he's in the spirit of Weird Twitter. He has like a Weird Twitter account. Kind of like an right? icon, I think. I yeah, feel like... he's, got a, he's got a thing he's going for. He sort of is like, he digests weird Twitter and he gives it to the level that may be trying to look at weird Twitter. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. He's a, it's, 
He's basically weird Twitter, but instead of posting everything in lowercase, he posts it in title case. Yeah. There's always that one person like that in the forum, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, and it's it's a six-episode anime co-production with production IG. Yes. Uh, like, extremely a work for hire in every possible way. Like, it does not really feel like a production IG production. It just feels like they hired a couple production IG people to slap something together. And it, I'm going to try to summarize this plot. It's about this, this... It's in the city of Neo Yokio, which is the greatest city in the world or something, as somebody with, like, a British accent explains at some point at the beginning. In an, which might have been Jude Law? Yeah, it might have been Jude Law explaining it, who <laughs> plays the robot butler. But, yeah, there's an interminable kind of um, exposition, like, newsreel thing at the beginning. It's basically New York, but it's been, like... I they don't I forget if they explain this but that something happened in part of New York is underwater it's been flooded or something and it's the future and now it's maybe not directly explained but probably been like it's supposed to be New York and like some kind of Tokyo hybrid uh and then there's people with magic who fight demons in yeah, this future exorcists. New York City. Yeah, and there are these exorcists, and there's, there's a big some demon issue history. in New York. Yeah, New York's got a, a big old demon problem. It's like uh, it's like the you know crocodiles in the sewer or whatever yeah. for demons. It's growing to this day. The main character is this kid, Kaz Khan, who is played by Jaden Smith, and he is Neo Yokia's second most eligible bachelor, according to the giant-ass most eligible bachelor board that is apparently the center of high society in Somehow Neo Yokio. Heart and spirit. Yeah. <laughs> it's an emblem. Everybody's just paying close attention to this this leaderboard that says who's the most eligible bachelor based on criteria that is never explained. And I the plot is just it's just Kaz tries to get by and he wants to be the best, you know, most eligible bachelor and hijinks ensue and it's maybe I th- it has to be it's supposed to be a comedy but it is so just nonsensically put together that i cannot figure out what it's actually trying to do it's trying to do everything like they asked jaden smith what you want in the anime and he was like man like ah, i can't choose I- i'd like to have some fashion in there yeah there's uh, a lot of fashion there's a lot of fashion like a just a, a lot of heavy lot of emphasis just, on fashion. Not not only just fashion, but just like a lot. Of, the thing is, a lot of the uh, the things that come up, the situations are completely unrelated. Like just you can't relate to it as as a normal peasant. Yeah, I don't know how much of that is intentional. It's like it's it's a show that's a hundred percent about a bunch of rich assholes whose like biggest problem in life is whether they're gonna wear like a blue tuxedo to a ball and i get that's supposed to be a joke in the show but it kind of like doesn't come off as much of a joke that's like a whole episode that's about yeah. that i kind of i kind of got that feeling too i feel like it's like a half joke in the sense that like yeah. they're like switching the language that they may use and being like oh yeah like i want this like suit but they're probably talking about some like weird like grail piece that they bought on like grail.com so they just like kind of inserted it arbitrarily into it, like being like, oh yeah, like I want Margiela, but like I also oh, want to talk suit. about it in this anime. That's that suit though. That was like, 
it just you're kind of bumbling through the world for the most part. You don't not really just get a chance you. I mean, like... the, obviously, the writers are bumbling through the world too. No, I thought I. Th- you know, honestly, Neo Yokio. We were going through this. Is it like a straight, straight up bad show? Is it an ironic good show? Is it a bad? I. We we just couldn't really decide, and I have concluded that Neo Yokio is simply a show that is almost indefensible but i'm gonna say has something to it david is a neo yokio defender (laughs) i have i have to be just because of you know just because of the ending i think just the way that it ended and i felt like it felt it felt together that something okay i want to throw in here spoiler alert we are going to spoil neo yokio because the ending doesn't matter at all (laughs) and it's not going to be any kind of spoiler here if we tell you the end of neo yokio (laughs) yeah it's not a big deal no, there, there, there's clearly a, there's a thesis statement at the end. What Neo is the Yokio. thesis statement of Neo Yokio, David? Please tell All me. Right. I mean, we gotta, we have to explain though the the setup. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Because there's All a right. bit of well, setup. Let's lead up to the thesis statement of Neo Yokio here. Okay, because Neo Yokio is it's not really like a future New York. It's more of an alternate New York because there's a lot of stuff that shows up that shouldn't be there if it's the future, like. The World Trade Center is the World Trade Center. It's not one World Trade. And they're talking no, about true. the Pan Am building, and the Pan Am building is, I think, the MetLife building now. Pan Am doesn't even exist. So when they right, bring up all this true. stuff, there's like, clearly something happened, and now we're in this kind of world where we get to follow around kind of insufferable rich, rich guys. I, I kind of got something from that, which is, like, it kind of seemed like maybe they, like, fell into a demon world and something happened. No, I wouldn't even go that far. Because the thing is, the demons the, the demons are, like, kind of reflections of material desires, right? Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, because they use and art a lot with that. You've got the character of Helena, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's the... A uh, fashion blogger who basically gets possessed by a demon and then becomes anti-capitalist. Right. She is my favorite because she's anti-capitalist. <laughs> I'm not joking, Helena. I'm not joking either, Kaz. The black and white ball is a vapid celebration of capitalist values. I think we should boycott it together. But it's going to be so fun. It's a grotesque display of wealth. But our friends are going to be there. Friends? They're petulant snobs. You sound crazy. I sound enlightened. Yeah, she's got this awakening pretty early in the show. And for those first four episodes, you just follow around Jaden Smith and company getting into some hijinks. And it feels like a little bit like just weird and not very not very well directed as to like what it's all supposed to be about but at the end when uh Jaden Smith's character is just he's he's starting to feel the pressure which is just like this world is not sustainable for somebody like him or rather as somebody that's been like on top and he's starting to lose a grip on you know just like what does it matter to even be on top and it's like he a lot, a lot of that's coming out is like him kind of just being Jaden Smith in a way, where you're like you're you're just making a big deal about insignificant shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, you think but, this is a prequel to the real life of Jaden Smith? I, it's like I feel the, yeah, the, no, this like, is this is what leads to the mindset that allows you to sort of come to conclusions like 
how are mirrors real if our eyes aren't real? Yeah, I know, because like he, his character is somebody that fumbles in the dark, but is a, is like we just can't understand it because he's not, he's not a he's not a guy that's like on on the ground level. He, his head's in the clouds, while we kind of fumble around in the dark with our own issues, but we're all becoming, we're all in the process of becoming the person that we're meant to be, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought like Neo Yokio was a bit about that in which he's fumbling around through all like the materialistic desires and just all these things that don't matter. And, you know, he's got he's got that choice at the end. You know, is he going to do the thing that the second most eligible bachelor will do or is he going to make the turn? Because he, he was a guy who was just focused on winning just on keeping the cycle going. And that's the thing, though. Neo Yokio is a cycle. It's a vicious cycle. <laughs> I can't believe this. <laughs> right? I'm the, I don't know. I just, I feel very passionate about it. Like, I can't get my thoughts together about it because there's just, there's so, there's so much. Like, there's the stupid suit. The stupid suit is one yes. of my favorite gags in there because <laughs> everybody just, it's just so clear to everybody. And I feel awful for not understanding why it would be such a bad idea to go to this, like this art exhibition or whatever it was with a suit that is so dark it looks black but it's not and then and they just turned it around i was like oh the blue suit is now the hottest thing it's about your attitude man so he feels stupid he feels stupid we feel stupid everybody feels stupid that's so it's just it's so rewarding and how stupid it feels Totally. Dude, I I don't get it. I just don't. It's <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> because every everything in the show just reads to me as like trying to be this goofy like self-aware. Like it is trying to be self-aware of like these these rich assholes and I, it just reads to me as it's like trying to be this goofy self-aware thing and it's just like the jokes the the jokes just aren't funny. <laughs> they're just they don't they never really land. They're always like like Ricky was saying. They're always like just slightly off. It's like it's like they were one revision yes. away from being the right joke. But you know what's actually funny about it is the delivery of it. Like when Jaden curses, yes. it's like super loud, and <laughs> and I actually like burst out laughing like every time it happens. And it's just like it's really genuine. I feel like like I feel like he's really sort of like shadow boxing really his cares. fake rival. Yeah, he like totally cares. So I hear you're gonna chicken out on the game tonight. Fuck the game. I have a lot more on my mind these days. In fact, I have a very high profile and lucrative job tonight. Job? You mean like work? I am a magistocratic exorcist, and it's my sacred duty, you jackass. I think though, Ricky, your point about the voice acting is really important because to me, I mean, I and I have I've had a lot of shifting opinions on this show. When I first watched it, or wait, okay, I have I have multiple. When I first first watched it was actually when it was still being shopped around before Netflix had it and before like it got released and people like knew what it was because uh I guess I could say this now but uh it got sent to some people at Crunchyroll <laughs> and uh, I I and some other people watched it to vet whether it was a good idea and uh, a couple of us uh were like oh absolutely not <laughs> this is like <laughs> we watched the pilot and we were like this is just the worst voice acting the worst put together it doesn't make any sense this is someone just trying to make their own cool anime or something yeah right Forget about it it has that charm of someone <laughs> who's just like trying to make a cool anime and i honestly like i've watched so much anime that i kind of like that i kind of like that it does, it's it, not it feels like, like fan art right yeah i kind of like that <laughs> i fuck with that like like sincerely <laughs> like, no no but for real like it's kind of cool that Jaden is just like kind of like okay so think of it this way 
It's like if I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z, which I did, and my parents were like ultra fucking rich, and they were like, yo, you want to make an anime? And I was like, lit, all right, cool, I have all these influences, I can just grab some people and be like, we're going to make an anime, and we're just going to release it, it doesn't matter. Like, yeah. I think, though, I th- from everything I've read in the interviews, though, I-, I know a lot of people are like calling it the Jaden Smith anime, but my understanding is that it is mostly like the Ezra Koenig anime, right. and he he like called up Jaden and was like, "Do you want to be on it?" And I'm sure Jaden had like influence on it after the fact, but I think it was e- Ezra Koenig's like a a big anime fan, I guess, who wanted to make it. And I don't That's know, Jaden's Jaden's probably also an anime fan if he was like so involved oh, in yeah. it. How, but how I don't else? Actually know. He cannot act out like that without being a fan of anime. That's true. <laughs> he's he's got to be yeah. like it's yeah. I, I would not be surprised. I don't know if he's given any interviews talking about it, but yeah. So I watched it that first time and I was like, this is a complete piece of shit. And then then when I watched it when it came out on Netflix, I basically swung all the way back around <laughs> to being like, this is the modern MD Geist, and I love it because it yeah. is to me it's very it is very similar yeah. to like an eighties OVA where it was just like. Because it's it, we we live in a somewhat similar time now, but with different circumstances. Where it's like <laughs> the where there's this like Netflix money that's just like we'll just pay for anything, right? And so you get stuff like this where it's just some some rich dude's vanity project, right? Yeah. And it's just like he got a shit ton of money to make it, and it you know he got these like famous actors in and then all of them are just phoning in these performances and it just it it comes out very funny because it's just it's it's a lot of effort put into something that comes out just very bad right at the end of it and like the that effort makes it makes it funnier because someone tried very hard to get this thing to exist neo yokia wouldn't be like half half as good as it is if it wasn't for that thick layer of excess yeah on the fact that it's the netflix money rolling in it's rich people like i mean the vampire weekend guy is probably he's probably rich he's probably rich yeah i mean forget it like yeah you, you know, know also, it's all these people I'll, that you, you know, can I'm never say, say no two to. two things about vampire weekend guy one I, I don't know the the backstory of ezra koenig one probably rich now after starting vampire weekend two mm. You probably have to have been a rich kid to have started Vampire Weekend. <laughs> so he probably was already rich. Or at least like a private school kid. Yeah, yeah, right? Like that's a, that is a private school kid's band. They definitely made me feel like they were talking about like some rich people stuff. Like I didn't really relate to anything that they were talking about. <laughs> yeah, I didn't really get it. it yeah. Like, what? That kind of carries into Neo Yoku, doesn't no, it? No, totally. Yeah, it does. Uh, it's a very like... Uh, it's like high living. It's just like if somebody it's imagined a, yeah, a way to live bougily in, uh, <laughs> in Neo-Yokio. <laughs> it's interesting, though. It's really interesting because like when they talk about some of like the clothes and like perfumes and stuff, I'm like, oh, I know about that. And it kind of gives me like positive reinforcement that I like get the thing that I'm watching. And it's like weird because yeah. like, I don't necessarily – that's yeah. reference comedy. Yeah, it's weird. It's like usually they do re- usually they do reference comedy with nerd shit, but you were yeah. like, I know that perfume. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's weird. But like, I don't know. It hits on interesting points that I think I kind of like and I relate to because I'm also black and like grew up with anime. And I feel like when I watch mm. Jaden kind of like do his like thing where he like tries out being a voice actor and stuff, I'm like, dope. This is like kind of... Like, this is refreshing in a way. So I, I looked at Neo Yokio from a purely, like, 
like let me find out how how I can enjoy this and relate to this as someone who kind of like had the experience of growing up with anime because I feel like that's like a uh, a more common type of person these days and I feel like more people are able to like express what that means to them in America as opposed to like not having that resource or like platform or whatever. You know, Evan, I really feel like Jaden Smith sometimes. Same. Like, but that I <laughs> like kind of a joke, but kind of in real life because I uh I ended up growing up in a fairly white neighborhood and like a well to do ish neighborhood, middle class, mm. like like kinda kinda almost touching upper upper middle class. But growing up like that, I was sort of I'm not white. I'm not white, by the way. Um, but I was sort of I don't know, it's weird because I spent so you spend so much time in school with other people, many of whom are white. And what I really felt from Jaden Smith's uh performance in Neo Yokyo is that a lot of uh a lot of his character is built up on image and this image is what you get from material goods and i saw so much of that from spending my uh my time and growing up uh in a white neighborhood where it's just it's basically that a lot of people are the people that they were then because of what they had you know how rich their parents were you know how much they got from them you know it was like you like somebody like me could like get like some nice stuff like i get like I don't know, like some nice Nikes. I remember when my brother took me out to get like some Air Force Ones. I was like, that was like a moment in my life. Like when mm. I like, I think that's when my adolescence actually started because then I was more conscious of like, you know, what what's on my feet? What's on my back? What pants am, am I wearing? And, you know, to see that in an anime, it's like, wow, this is kind of like a thing that I struggled with. Just maybe not like perfectly executed but it's like where else am i gonna find something like that hmm. yeah that's actually really interesting kind of like uh that subject of your appearance to other people in terms of not even just like you as an individual but your family so like crucial. other people yeah because that it, stuff is really crucial in daily life and, there's and a your hierarchy too. Yeah. yeah you know yeah. you can't you can't slip up you know the moment you start wearing Nike Air Force Ones, you can't downgrade to, like, New Balance. <laughs> That's a good point. And also the moment someone steps on your Air Force Ones, like, mm. you probably got to do something mm. about it, get them replaced, like, but you got to do something. You know, yeah, you you build up, you know, that's culture, really, yeah. you know, and that's how you kind of separate people into different tiers. Mm. And, like, yeah, it's fucked up to talk about it like that, like, you know, basing somebody on the kind of shoes that they wear but that's high school in a way yeah. and it's it's like a survival mechanism where like i gotta get the good shoes status and, symbols are important yeah like how else are you how else are you supposed to flourish as an individual in high school is what's going through your mind if mm -hmm. you don't got the right shoes yeah and unfortunately like in adolescence that's like the first step you take sometimes depending on you know mm -hmm. whatever you can do um because you know your mind's not fully developed, you don't you don't know that you're not yeah. supposed to be like looking to impress other people in the first place. But it's something that you kind of like learn as trial by right. fire. Um, I think that Jaden Smith in his performance is kind of like sort of uh, really flips between like being frustrated with being like not the top, or just kind of being like overly cocky about himself, and sometimes even just like kind of 
like having no hope and just kind of feeling like it's yeah. it's not for anything and that does mirror a lot of what it's like to grow up uh going to school not feeling like you belong at all and trying all these different avenues in order to show that you really do um when all you have to kind of do is be yourself and yeah it just kind of it shows the struggles of just like trying to get that sort of like that swagger that makes everybody want to pay attention to you and uh right. it's definitely a hard journey even for yeah, someone there's, that's there's like a that. There's a very real most eligible bachelor board in every high school. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah. That's, you know, that's... <laughs> Neo Yokio is actually a pretty universal struggle, if you think about it. Yeah, totally. It's just that the sort of, like, the languages that they use and, like, the sort of references to, like, different clothes and stuff, like, sometimes doesn't translate. But I feel like that's sort of, like, on purpose. So, like, if you wanted to, like, target it to me is like someone who's like black and from the south like you probably yeah like use like air forces or like like direct references mm-hmm. to like hip-hop clothes like peli peli or like whatever like whatever was popular back then like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like people wore like kuji sweaters and shit mm-hmm. like that but but like now we're on to things like margilla and that's actually like kind of true in a way that like high fashion is now the desirable thing post like us kind of discovering that we can buy clothes on the internet like kind of like getting yeah. better and better at fashion uh and like sort of accruing iconic uh like silhouettes and like sort of like tropes and fashion and stuff like that and like now the kids are on that like children now and like teens and stuff like that are like super smart and like on point with some of these things now so maybe even now for this generation that's coming up it they relate even more to neo yokio because you know yeah they they are also like looking for that next step up probably even more intensely than we had to as we were growing up yeah because like we're just more i don't know like hyper focused on getting that like that fix that like higher like just level like keep on pushing it Mm -hmm. you know yeah yeah we're we're definitely constantly pushing in american culture i feel like if we're a quote-unquote like the uh, the ideal sort of person in society if you want to be like an eligible bachelor type you got to have it all dude like you can't (laughs) You can't be lacking at all. So, yeah, uh, and that would that sort of lifestyle would kill most uh, most anybody. Yeah, there's a very select few who could actually cop to get into that level. Yeah, that's kind of why people. I feel like a lot of celebrity types kind of crumble under that pressure. There's a lot. Yeah, you get tired. Yeah. You get old and you get tired, and suddenly you're not uh, you're not you don't feel as fresh inside yourself mm-hmm. as you as you do. Yeah, I think like. I think maybe it's just like the realization that everyone's watching. That's really hard. You know, first it's good and then it's like kind of uncomfortable and like more more like leave me alone for for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, you can really feel like uh, like Kaz trying to find an escape really early in the anime actually. Like he's always leaving practice. He's always like, yeah, I'm depressed guys. Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah, nobody knows how to deal with that. Yeah, and he's just like like, really upfront about it. Like, yeah, that's because like everybody else in that world is just operating on this on this high that they've got from, you know, just the lifestyle that they're leading. Mm-hmm. And Kaz feels like he's now on the outside and he can't understand what it is, why. And that's why we spend six episodes just kind of aimlessly wandering around until finally like, oh, damn, figured it out. Yeah, that is interesting, actually. You know, Neo Yokio mm-hmm. is about to explode. And in that shot, <laughs> say that, right. that shot with the, the racket. I thought you were going to go somewhere completely different with that, but that's how I'm. Uh, 
it it is it is fascinating to me that uh you guys gleaned that much yeah. out of it but also i think for like i i don't think i i had like a yeah i didn't i didn't have like a an analogous experience to connect it Evan. to really cuz i think in high school i was like just yeah. wearing dumb nerd t-shirts or whatever Evan, i got i got to know <laughs> i got to know what shoes were you wearing in high school i think i wore i think i had like skater shoes nice you're doing it like etnies or something okay i don't remember which kind good. it was uh that that was that was maybe my only real experience with that kind of like buying clothes as like a status symbol thing mm-hmm. but but in in high school i ended up going to like a like a nerd school like a county school you had to test into or something and so i ended up in a place where like the traditional status symbols of high school were not as there was just a very different culture and so like i didn't have as as uh as much pressure as i think a lot of kids have to like conform to that so i sort of escaped from that earlier than some people do you're one of the lucky ones missed out yeah <laughs> not totally also i, I mean yeah yeah, yeah you, like you guys were also talking about like not being white so that's an element too that i don't want to downplay <laughs> <We're not. laughs> yeah definitely like they they do lean a little bit on the the minority versus majority stuff yeah, and I think I I think you you touched on on you know the fact that like which which I didn't mention in in summarizing it is like the main character uh, is is black right and there's mm-hmm. like actually a lot of there's a a very like a very very notably diverse cast in like a lot of different ways right I mean there's like characters from made up future countries like a mixed up like yeah. Italy Japan thing yeah and uh, just a lot of like it's it's a super super diverse cast which is like I <laughs> there's so much that I hate about it, but that is something that I actually think was was cool, and mm-hmm. I kind of just that's that that sort of thing is frustrating because I'm like, man, would love to see an anime based in New York with a very diverse, you know, accurate to New York cast uh, with like a you know sort of accurate like you know American sensibility that is not as just like <laughs> weird and nonsensical as Neo Yokio. Honestly, I feel like that's a it's a sort of like a, we're trying to build a bridge here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> we're trying to we're trying to get that. And I guess I guess uh, Lashawn Thomas made a made a, a pilot thing for Crunchyroll called Children of Ether that is actually uh, exactly what I described. Oh, that sounds really cool. It's, we should watch that. Yeah, it's uh, it it's I have I have like a very I guess biased opinion of it because that was also that was something I was I was tangentially involved in mm. uh, while I was there. But I I think it's like a it's kind of cool. It's it is much more like serious and <laughs> makes more sense than neo yokio yeah you sound like you like that much more than uh, the neo yokio i definitely like it more than neo yokio it's, it's not as you know com- not that neo yokio is a complete package but it's not as complete a package as neo yokio it's just like a short pilot thing have we talked about like all the other cast members who got a paycheck and phoned in their performances we got jude law playing the butler we have jude susan law. sarandon oh man yeah, there's Dessus and Mira as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't actually know them. I think I've heard their mm-hmm. names, but they, what do they, what do they do? <laughs> I didn't Google them before. <laughs> they're just kind of, they're just kind of funny, and they're funny on different platforms. It's, they inter- have like it's a interesting. TV show. Yeah, they have a sort of a TV show. I think they play Kaz's two friends, right? Who yeah. I actually think are basically the only two performances that don't feel phoned in. Like they they have like a lot of energy that feels relatively authentic. It feels authentic in that it feels like 
uh i don't i don't know they're, they're probably good actors they don't sound like they're putting in their best acting there mm-hmm. but they are like putting in a lot of authentic energy they're probably low-key good they're able to go toe with toe to toe with uh just Jaden's very unique delivery <laughs> That, that that's the job i yeah. think just to just to make just to make Jaden look good i feel like uh whenever they all talk it does feel like they are friends yeah yeah that that actually kind of works compared to like you know the jude law and susan sarandon and stuff are just like super wooden just like mm-hmm. reading off this fucking anime script <laughs> i mean if you look at their characters their characters are kind of like that by nature in a way mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah i thought it really helped out like yeah, to bring out the the, the characters because they're a little they're like a little dead inside. Mm-hmm. No, oh wait, definitely. David, I I feel like what I I assumed when you said you liked it that basically the thing that sold you was uh, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> I just like assumed that was it. When Steve Buscemi shows up, you're wow. like, oh, this is a good anime. <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like you would be you would like Steve Buscemi, but I don't know if we've talked about it. No, I'm not. I'm not even sure if I could pick out which character he was voicing. Really. Whoa, he's the uh he's like the inquisitor or whatever, the the judge looking dude at the yeah. end. Oh god, the judge was super creepy. Well yeah, it's because it's Steve Buscemi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, oh no wonder. Yeah, no, that was uh that was a good piece of work. But yeah, even even though, you know, the world has its inconsistencies and such, <laughs> uh I will say that like a lot of the individual characters, like their integrity is pretty good, like if you kind of look at who they are and like what they sound like and kind of like how they respond to stuff, it kind of makes sense. Like, like has is like kind of like a little manic and his friends are like really cheery, you know, cause they're hanging out with like someone who's like super popular and they're just like, they're just having a good time. But like their friend is like always going through some sort of turmoil and it's just like, Oh man, why don't you just like kind of hang out? Cause they're all like, kind of like, yeah. Caprizi martini. Yeah. They're just, <laughs> what the fuck? They're just chilling. <laughs> And they play that role pretty well, but like if if you kind of look at the other people around uh, the main character, they're all just like really serious. Like, yo, you need to do work, man. Like, you're kind of procrastinating. So maybe in a way, like it's also about uh, just like has just kind of like procrastinating. I I am definitely struggling to find any actual like narrative substance in the show, despite the stuff that you guys Whoa. are coming yeah, just, up it's with. It's just kind of like, like what? I feel like just kind of like fucking off and just like doing whatever you want to do that you feel like is cool. <laughs> Instead of fighting demons is like a, a nice like narrative. When you know you're supposed to be doing that, you gotta like wrap it up by the end of the show, but you like don't wanna. <laughs> yeah, no, because a lot of time is spent like going, I don't know, going out to the Hamptons, yeah. spending twenty minutes doing that, and then like five minutes to like actually resolve whatever <laughs> right. issue was going on. No, totally. On. Going out to the Hamptons and doing like a very on the nose Ron Mahaff reference. That was really good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> I fucked with that. <laughs> There's literally, like, they jump in a pool and get turned into a girl and a panda. It's yeah. literally just Ron Mahaff. Yeah. Like, when people when people were describing that episode, like, because I watched it after I heard, like, the it initially hit the internet. Like, it was not even half as awful in terms of handling it as people were making it out to be online. Well, that's just how it is online. Were people saying it was, like, transphobic or something? Yeah, of in, course. In a way, but just because oh, of, like, yeah. the way Kaz was reacting, uh, which I think was yeah. very authentic in a way to, like, the character. to Because, I mean, he he is a bit of an asshole, and for him to harbor some sort of, like, just innate phobias, 
feels like, oh, yeah, that's something that rich people would have. Yeah. I think people may have taken it a little too literal with, like, oh, yeah, like, oh, this main character doesn't like the fact that his friend is, like, switched genders. Oh, man, this shit's transphobic. Like, that's kind of, like, jumping a couple steps. Yeah. I feel like. Yeah. It's, it's hard for us to speak to that. But, no, that episode also had, like, just cause trying to relate with his ex-girlfriend and just it was really oh man i think that was probably the lowest point for his character yeah it really was and honestly like it was really good for me yeah because you have to see it you have to see his low points because it makes like it makes the rest of uh, of the show make a lot more sense Mm -hmm. because now that the ex kind of drops off the picture for a bit he's struggling because you know his what was it like his grandma or his aunt or something like sublets his apartment his whole life is pretty much just on it's it's crashing before his eyes and he's the second most eligible bachelor which like it's supposed to mean something <laughs> yeah but in like the the rest of his life is just it's turning to shit and falco's just so what's chilling, going man. on he's supposed to be chilling you know he's supposed to be the sort of guy that just goes out to parties with like the, these tigers that are chained to the radiators and you know, they, they do coke in the greenhouses. The, all the champagne bottles comes in sizes and they're named. But you see what I mean, though, because everybody is desperately just trying to have a good yeah. time. But something's off. Yeah, something's wrong with that. The fact that everybody's so, like, attached to, uh, like, high living. There's something like really dark kind of like going on in the background i feel like and it does kind of like surface a little bit toward the end and i think ezra from i read a couple interviews and i i'm not that familiar with his like you know vampire weekend stuff but like i think ezra is kind of like uh has a bit of a like an anti-capitalist thing going on and so he was probably trying to convey some of that i think for me it's, it's not so much the stuff you guys are saying makes no sense to me or anything, mm-hmm. but it's that, like, <laughs> I definitely just feel like it's, uh, there, may, may, I don't know, maybe it's just because I've, like, seen how some of these co-productions go and how, like, messy the back and forth can be, but it, it definitely feels to me, like, the stuff you're describing, like, it was there in Ezra's original, like, idea, but, like, maybe it was not all that well-developed, and then basically... It just didn't it didn't reach what it was supposed to be in his head and in the head of like whatever his producer is. And they like what we got is this like strange half baked approximation of the original idea. (laughs) I feel like that's kind of unfortunate, honestly. I could really go for like some more of Neo Yokio, honestly. Oh, I definitely want. Yeah, it kind of like it leaves me wanting, which is like strange because I feel like it's such a an off kilter uh like sort of a way to express your like influences when it comes to like anime and stuff like that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. I feel like it could go further and I feel like, uh, some more people are probably going to try something similar and we're going to get like, you know, some more, uh, interesting projects out of this effort to try who's, to do something Who's going to be like the next celebrity oh, anime fan to make yeah. a vanity project. I swear right? to God. I, I swear to God, it's probably going to be Britney Spears. You know, her son's got some fire. Oh, drawings. my God. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, I mean, there was the whole big news that like Kim Kardashian maybe watches right. Darling in the Franks. No, totally. Uh, like, I could see it because Kim, uh, she posted about like taking Kanye to Japan and surprising him with snacks. I could see that, mm-hmm. you know? Well, yeah. And, and Kanye is an anime fan. Yeah. Right? So like Kanye's, the Kanye yeah. Kardashian collab 
anime all right yeah sounds it's gonna be something else like it's probably also gonna be bad you know but it's gonna be it's gonna be funny i thought in my head like when kanye brought kim over he probably showed her some anime i was like yeah you know this is what i'd be watching when i'm in the studio like i think it's like one of like the top five things like these are the things that you've got to experience with me yeah if we're gonna date but like what do you think that he showed her watch akira (laughs) i think it's it's like the plot of insufficient direction like like uh like Kim Kardashian's tweeting, she's like, "I'm gonna be an Oda wife," <laughs> and like Kanye is just doing like poses from Akira. It's just it, it's just like the Anos. <laughs> oh man, he's like That'd he's be... like singing the Gundam opening or whatever. Now I'm just like imagining oh, auto tune. I'm imagining Kanye like complaining about not being able to woo Kim in an IRC channel or something. He's <laughs> just like so angry. It's <laughs> just not going well. Okay. Um. Yeah. I was gonna say. So. So in terms of like, I think we might want to kind of wrap up and get to mm-hmm. questions. Uh. I. I. I had mentioned I had like a sort of arc of my opinions of it, right? And it was like this is complete shit. This is like actually really funny and and weird because it's bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was kind of where I was at after watching about two episodes of it. And then actually at Genericon, David, we watched about two or three episodes of Neo Yokio uh, with, with some of our friends. And uh, at that point, after watching three episodes in a row, that was when my opinion turned back around. And I was <laughs> like, I originally thought we were going to be able to marathon it. And after about three episodes, I was like, I can't do this. It's it's yeah. it's so like the voice acting is so stilted. The plot makes so little sense. The jokes are not landing. Like my my brain is hurting and I can't keep going. We You're have to watch something ever. else. Yeah, you can't hit that too many times, dude. You gotta you gotta take a break on it first. <laughs> it was just like like my brain could not keep up with what was happening. Like there was there was just just some other dimension of thing going on in someone's head. That I could not like make sense of. I don't know. Maybe you're maybe you're just soft, Evan. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't handle it. It's too uh, it's too funny. So, final thoughts. You guys were inspired by Neo Yokio, and it's your favorite anime. Um, I feel that Neo Yokio is a strong contender for American anime. Uh, I feel like it may have like stumbled <laughs> out of the gate a little bit. You know what I mean? But it's it's cool. It's cool. It's a cool anime. I feel like it's kind of like fucked up. But I, it's really tight. I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. It's absolutely good. Uh, I think Vampire Weekend should stop making music and start <laughs> making anime. That's good. I want to point out we got through that entire discussion without once mentioning Toblerone. Oh, Ooh, the challenge. Wow. So maybe maybe we got to throw in a little level. Toblerone discussion yeah. before we get out of here. Okay, so we do questions. Yeah, no, this one's really good. I used a Toblerone to express how sad I was about being single. I used a screenshot, dude. Of when he's like holding dude, it in the rain. Toblerone. I, I threw it right oh, on yeah. my, my Facebook cover photo. Yeah, man. <laughs> that was real good. Yeah, relationship status, Toblerone. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> big Toblerone. Exactly. No, that, that was my relationship status when I did that. It became big Toblerone. The fact that it keeps coming up over and over, there's this like whole bit with like the big Toblerone. Like, obviously, yeah. it's it it's one of those ones that is intended as a joke and the joke is it's almost like maybe some of the comedy in it is like intended to be a sort of like anti-humor where it's like there there isn't a punchline it's just there's just a weird thing there Mm -hmm. right in the space where the punchline would be 
And so that's kind of what the Toblerone does. It's just like, why is that here? Why is everyone talking about it? Just this honestly, isn't even a joke. I, like, fe- I feel like it's like an inanimate object to describe what it's like for him to just like hold an L. He's just like in the rain with a fucking yeah. bar, dude. <laughs> that he intended for someone else. But like, it's, it's obvious that if he doesn't eat that Toblerone, no one will. Right. Yeah, but th- there's that there's that scene at the end when Helena gives him gives him a Toblerone. Yeah. And yeah, it feels like a small. See? That's a that's a small victory right there. They uh, they change the meaning, just tweak it. Yeah, a little just put bit. a little meaning up but in it, there. But it's also a. It, it is also like a perfect example of the amount of extremely conspicuous product placement. Like it's not. <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's intended. And nobody's trying to advertise anything mm-hmm. in it because it's. It's not like an anime where everybody fakes the names, mm-hmm. right? But like. It just there, there's a lot of that in it, right? With just the references to like perfumes and fashion and mm-hmm. stuff, and it's just like that's a notable part of it that I think yeah. we touched on. But it's it's one of the things of, that again yeah. makes it just makes it odd. It's just like it's something feels off about it. Why is everyone it's just name dropping products everywhere? It's <laughs> sort of like a distraction. Yeah, it's like there's real products yeah. everywhere. <laughs> I feel like it's all a distraction to just how depressed the main character actually is, and it's just us seeing it through mm-hmm. his eyes. Yeah, because. I mean that's how that's how a lot of people will gild it. You right. know, they'll just throw throw in all the cars, the clothes, the Toblerones, <laughs> so that you don't see <laughs> inside that show. All right, question time. So we got a question from Billy the Denton on Twitter. Now that the production of any further entertainment of any kind has been rendered redundant and unnecessary, will you be shutting down the podcast? I mean, if they make Neo well, Yokio season two, I think. <laughs> I think we got to come back for season two. Yeah, we got to. We'll, we'll like go on hiatus and we'll come back for season two. It's an indefinite hiatus. The next time you guys talk about it, can I be on it? <laughs> yeah, it, it's just a continuation of yeah. this one. Raining Neo because Yokio this one champion. doesn't actually. Yeah, end. this episode season two. Right. We we just hit pause. <laughs> we hit like pause when we put it yeah. out. We just say this is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. I think as we've established before, though, Billy, earlier in the show. We need to keep making the podcast because we need to be ready for when Kim and Kanye put out their anime. It's going to happen. Right. Right. Because that, that, that might be even better. The world is going to change so much. Well, we'll, we'll be here for that. Uh, all no. other anime, though, is not, not worth it. Um, you know, I, I will say, as much as Neo Yokio just broke my brain and I, I found it like a- impossible to enjoy after a certain point when it was just too weird for me. <laughs> That is more of a reaction than most anime give me nowadays because I'm too used to it. I built yeah. up a tolerance, and Neo Yokia was weird enough to shake me out of that. <laughs> that's hella real. I feel like that that makes sense because that's kind of what I was saying earlier. Uh, I don't know. I just get used to it. It becomes yeah. like the background. Yeah, and I hate that. All I right. don't like that. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You got to break it up. Yeah. At sign Mad Duck fifty four asks. Will there ever be another character ever as good and pure as Charles? Charles is the Jude Law butler, right? The robot butler? Man, Charles got a raw deal for most of the show. Yeah. He kind of, yeah, he didn't really have much fun. He was just kind of like standing there. He's extremely pure, though. I feel like he's so thoughtful. He's very he's very crucial to Helena's freedom. Yeah, definitely. Which is, it's it's a really, it's really great how that kind of worked out. Because he, I mean, he's he's a robot, right? So if we think about it like this, like he's only been built to serve Jaden and it's a pretty thankless job for him, but he, he does it and he's got a pretty good attitude throughout it. And then at the end, he just, he's just replaced with version two. 
He posts all of Jaden's tweets for him. Jaden talks into his neck to make tweets. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's he always insure, in all caps. He ensures that all of them are title case. Yeah. <laughs> it's always the title case. Yeah, he has a filter. Like he Jaden has a script running with Charles. So yeah, he's totally useful. Yeah, yeah, really good. Um, but I can't, I can't imagine that they're that tight because he just he got replaced. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, you know, Jaden's pretty, I, he's pretty disconnected from like any sort of uh, being attached to people or anything like that. He doesn't really hang out with his friends that much either, to be honest. I, I, I can never tell whether you're talking about Jaden or Cass. I'm talking about both because they're the same person. <laughs> All right, they're the same right? person, dude. There's no like, if anything, Cass got added to like Jaden's like wealth of uh, persona oh. right he's just a part of, of jaden's <laughs> jaden's character now <laughs> if anything if anything neo yokio facet neo yokio is just persona six i will say i do you know there's a handful of of gags that i that i thought kind of worked the one of the ones that i, I did actually find kind of funny is when they reveal that there's actually a pilot inside of charles the mecca butler the entire <laughs> oh yeah that's right. that is actually a good gag yeah yeah no that's good that's good comedy no they got they got some right. good jokes in there man uh at sign wandering dreamer asks the most important question where would each of you be on the list of neo yokio's most eligible bachelors pretty damn eligible yeah. you think so i think so, I think so too. What, what makes you so eligible what me yeah because I actually live in New York. Damn, that's true. David is number one most eligible bachelor of the three of us. Damn. I live in New York, and I've got uh, I got a Metro card. Okay. Yeah, that's it. He's got it. You got a car, too? <laughs> unlimited swipes, baby. Damn. You have an unlimited Metro card? Yeah. Damn. Yo, yo, can I come over? <laughs> yeah, I'll swipe you in. <laughs> I feel like I'm just I I I could not live that lifestyle. I feel like I'm um, among us. I'm like number three. I just it no, wouldn't you, work. Because well. you you're from New Jersey, and the New Jersey gag is so good because it's like it's so short. Oh right, because, right. And there's a like, New Jersey gag they, in the show. I forgot. <laughs> because at the end, the, at the end, they're like trying to figure out like where the hell is Helena supposed to go, and I'm like, I guess the only option is New Jersey. Right. And, and like nobody has to say like, damn. It's just implicitly understood, and like I, I got hit with it. I'm like, damn, they have to go to New Jersey. Yeah, Look, fun. New Jersey oh. is a garden state. It has a lot of uh, beautiful <laughs> yeah. forests and stuff. All right, hey man, New Jersey is cool. A lot of my friends are from there. It's a, it's a there great place. Go. Oh yeah, that's true. Right, yeah. we got we got some friends who are all. They from got Jersey. that. Uh, they got that Taylor Ham. I heard that's pretty good. I, Taylor Ham. Whoa. I don't know that that's actually a New Jersey thing. <laughs> I don't know if that's it's a it's a northerner thing. I don't know anything about a that. New Jersey thing. Yeah, yeah. Taylor Ham. Yeah, I heard it's good. That's a but yeah. Deep cut. I uh, I just like I'm I'm too anti capitalist to live that Neo Yokio eligible bachelor mm. lifestyle. So I'm gonna relegate myself to number three, which makes Ricky I think number two. Nah, man. I'm definitely eligible. not saying that I'm number two. I'm definitely also saying that I'm number one. You're saying you're number one. Ooh. There we go. <laughs> Why would I say that I'm so number is this two? Fox versus Fox. Yeah, is this, this is Fox, Fox versus Ditto's. Falco or Falco versus Falco. <laughs> oh, maybe it's Falco versus Falco, actually. Uh, I think Falco so. I think, Falco. I think whoever loses ends up becoming the Fox. Yeah, or I got to change like my suit color. It's or something. It's, uh, it's Falco v Falco, Final Destination, <laughs> yeah. no items. 
We can run that fade, dude. I can do it. I got no, I, suck at, I suck at Smash. Oh, word. So I'm number one. I think I would end up being Fox. I'm the most eligible because I'm nice. Uh, only because you're good at Smash. No, it's also because I'm nice in Smash and outside of it. Oh, damn. I'm just a real good guy. We have a uh, New York relevant question. This is a leftover, but I'm bringing it back because it's because uh, we're talking about New York. Uh, what... <laughs> Is the anime equivalent of pineapple on pizza? That's a question from Matt Sign Nakara. Let's think about this one, guys. Yeah, it's a weird one. So, like, I don't know if this is supposed to mean what's like the the Japanese food equivalent of it, or like what is the anime that is as bad as pineapple on pizza? I think it's the second one. Yeah, I think that's probably it. The anime equivalent of pineapple on pizza would be something where it's like it. It, you took a good anime and then you grafted bad stuff okay, onto it. Okay, I got it. Or yeah. Evan, I got it. I got it. Mario Kata. Hey, she's the pineapple and every show she works she's out the is pineapple. the pizza. Trigger, trigger is the pizza. Triggers the pizza and pineapple on pizza is Keith Naiver. He got it. David got it. Damn. That's it. Damn, That's bro. it. Well, yeah, it's even that because it's like Mario Kata, like kind of a little too sweet sometimes right a little too uh, ubiquitous <laughs> yeah like kind of kind of very common uh only works in a couple of specific situations like most of the rest and of the, the time worst, doesn't taste good right like <laughs> worst people will say it's good wow yeah. but you know what's also crazy is that i like both of these things and i feel no desire to defend them <laughs> which like makes it like the most <laughs> the most alike you like he's naiver yeah i watched it one time and i thought it was chill uh Dang. That's pretty much like my only opinion on it. I'm an extremely like casual anime watcher, but I don't know. For some reason, I can just like watch some things and just be like, yeah, I enjoyed that. And just yeah. kind of, like, walk away from it and never think of it. We can't. That's our curse. That's why we host a podcast. Yeah. Damn. We we also have an email, a very special email we got from that same uh, questioner from, from Nakara, from Lauren. But uh, I think I'm going to save mm. that. It's a, it's a good one. We're going to save that for next episode. We got oh, one man. more from at sign and Nazel. This is very relevant for, for Ricky coming on the show, uh, but I already know the answer to it. Just wondering, with Smash coming out, who is the better brawler? This is incredibly easy to answer. Uh, <laughs> I think we established that earlier. <laughs> Ricky, I David has not played against Ricky. I have played against Ricky. I don't. I'm I, not gonna, I think I played I'm against David, win. and I don't remember David being super good at Smash. So I can I'm tell you, Ricky would destroy both of us. Ricky would be able to beat both of us on a team against him. Yeah, we could have like we could have ten lives each. <laughs> He's only got one. Yeah, actually, you know what? We could probably do that. Ricky, like when Damn. I when I play Duck Hunt in Smash. And everybody else is like getting really angry and they can't seem to beat Duck Hunt. And Ricky's like, I'll play a game. I'm like, yeah, okay, forget about it. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember that moment we were at uh, Matt's house. <laughs> that, that actually happened. Damn. Yeah, yeah. Do you play, prof- like, not, pro- I was going to say professionally, but you, you play like competitively? You play at tournaments and stuff? Um, honestly, I would say that I teeter on that. Uh, I have, like, friends that do a lot of that stuff, and I'm kind of, like, mm-hmm. in the scene as well, and I've practiced with pros for, like, an extended amount of time, but, like, I've never taken it seriously just because I have a habit of having too many hobbies. Yeah, so, me too. Yeah, I got, that one's got to take, like, a step back, honestly. Like, I can't be a Smash pro because I also know how much it actually requires because my roommate is super good at it. Right. So, gotta, like, whenever okay, I play him, yeah, it's bad. We got to ask before we go for all three of us. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how much Smash you play, David. Who do you main? 
Hold me? Yeah. Toon Link. Nice. Toon Link? Okay. I play uh, Samus and Peach in Melee, but in 4, probably Lucina, just because I want the little figure amiibo. I think it's cute. <laughs> All right. And uh, I am Duck Hunt all the way. Always nice. Duck Hunt unless I get a little bit bored and then I play as uh, like Ness or Lucas. Uh, mm-hmm. And I used to play Snake in uh, Brawl. Uh, and I'm hoping they bring Snake back because they uh, the reference in the question was we, we didn't mention this in news. But yeah, Smash got announced for Switch, which is pretty cool. So yeah. I really hope that happens, dude. That Snake comes back? Yeah. Oh, I used to play Snake in Brawl too. Oh yeah, me too. Snake was the original Duck Hunt in terms of being like this ranged character <laughs> who you could just like make people really angry at you by mm-hmm. shooting the missile at them. And also, here at the Annie Gamers podcast, we are extremely big Metal Gear Solid fans. So. Oh, <laughs> actually, fans. yeah, yeah. Wait, y'all should have an episode about that so I can come back because that's we should. Some we've of my been meaning stuff. to do like a Metal no, Gear episode honest, at some uh, point. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, Honestly, like maybe uh, going ahead a little bit too far, we're we're probably going to stream my pro run of Metal Gear Solid while podcasting about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be very good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We got to we got to wrap this up, guys. If you would like to send us an email, you can email us at podcast at anygamers.com. And we take questions and suggestions and comments and anything you want to say there. If it is interesting enough, we will read it on the show. We are also on Twitter. I am at sign Vamptvo, V-A-M-P-T-V-O. I'm at sign Q-X-2-0-X-X. Uh, Annie Gamers is on Twitter, at sign Annie Gamers, one word. I'm at sign at Ricky, so R-I-C-K-I-E. It's not that great, dude. Twitter's on the, you know. That's true. It's on the fritz right now. I don't know Twitter is on. on the decline, and that's why David and I are both on Mastodon. I am vampvo at mastodon.social. Yeah. I don't, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Tell Evan how much time you've got, and then he'll explain it to you. Yeah, I'm not going to explain <laughs> it on the show. It's, a, it's, yeah. it's just not worth it. That that's a that's a different that's a different show altogether. That's right. <laughs> I'm uh, caro.ccsakura.jp slash at sign 20xx. And if you would like to connect with us in a brand new way, we just set up a Discord server. And we got a couple of uh, a couple of Anigamers listeners in there. It's going to be a combined place for like anything Anigamers related. So blog stuff, podcast stuff, old Taku no radio stuff. Uh, you can join that by going to discord.gg slash lowercase f, lowercase n, lowercase n, capital C, capital H, lowercase s, capital r so if you want to type that into your phone we'll have a link in the show notes too but i just want to make that easy for people in future episodes i will not list the link out like that (laughs) just because it's the first time you can uh, check out more info on the show at anagamers.com slash podcast that has show notes and links to the old episodes and like comment threads things like that subscribe to us on itunes stitcher and google music we did get a new review on itunes so thank you very much nice Uh, more people please leave us reviews it helps more people find the show we are posting stuff on anigamers.com as always a couple of interesting articles recently i think the main big one that i want to promote is the interview that ink and i did with some staff from yuri on ice which is pretty interesting they told some some interesting stories about the animation in the show and working with Sayo Yamamoto. 
Ricky, where can people find you? What are you up to? Well, right now, you can mostly find me on Twitter. Uh, I'm just kind of like working at Century and doing some music stuff. Um, you can find my music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Ricky Sherman. Uh, I'm going to be releasing an EP this summer, and uh, I have some more stuff planned. Uh, I have a YouTube as well. I'm starting to edit anime music videos, actually, of just like Hell OVA yeah. mecha stuff. It's pretty dope, uh, and I'm putting my originals on it. Yeah, yeah I'm having fun with that, that. That sounds cool. Hit me up when you uh, when you got like uh, a Dragon Ball Z music video with Linkin Park behind it. Oh, word? It. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. Trap remix. <laughs> R.I.P. Chester. R.I.P. Check that stuff out from Ricky. And I am writing for Otaku USA magazine, as always, as well as I want to pr- continue to promote the article I wrote about Studio Trigger for Anime News Network. Please check that out. I am occasionally posting stuff on animeburgertime.tumblr.com as convention season gears up. Hopefully should be doing Burger Time at a couple cons. Probably, definitely Fanime. We'll see. And maybe a couple other ones. David, what are you up to? Uh, I am running a video game streaming channel on twitch.tv. It's called twitch.tv slash uwusmallbean. That's U W U. S-M-O-L-B-E-A-N. Ooh, small bean. We're running a Persona 5 right now. Oh, cool. uh, streaming every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, maybe. That's uh, most definite dates right now. Friday and Saturday, most definite. I don't know about Sunday, actually. Um, yeah, it's cool. I uh, I run it with uh, my favorite mutual at sign alive in the wired we kind of shoot the shit like for four or five hours straight while he uh shouts at me to get good at persona i'm pretty good at persona i don't know why he thinks he's better than me <laughs> and uh i think uh I, I i might be making an appearance in there at some point so keep your eyes out for that hopefully i'm trying to i'm trying to coordinate this work it out agp live that's right on the uwu channel the bean stream as it is so thank you all so much for listening you all deserve a big toblerone for sitting through this with us and thank you to ricky oh, yeah. for coming on the show thanks thanks so much neo yokio's three most eligible bachelors signing off I mean, MD, MD Geist broke my brain the first time when, uh, when spoiler alert for MD Geist, when, when he activates the death force, I was just mm. like this, I can't, I don't know what's happening. Yeah. For, if you were wondering if like the spoiler was like really major or anything, like it totally like, I've never seen it. It just kind of like went over my head. I've already forgotten. I like, mean, it, it'll, it'll mean a lot. It'll mean a lot to you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Somewhere down yeah, the line. Yeah, if, if I spoil you that, like, Sakamoto dies, that's the most meaningful thing in MD, guys. That's, yeah, uh, yeah, Sakamoto, never forget. Forget I forget the rest of the guys, except for Sakamoto. Oh, uh, wait, 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 Hans? Isn't there, is there a guy named Hans? It's like, they're all <sighs> German, Hans. except for Sakamoto. <laughs>